Hello and welcome back to Fine Beats and Cheeses, the podcast that doesn't know what we sometimes go to extremes. My name is Leslie Gray Streeter. I am a columnist for the Baltimore Banner. I'm an author. I'm a twin. I'm a person who loves Billy Joel so much you don't know it's kind of stupid. Um, my co-host is... I'm Lynn Streeter Childress. I make theater for young audiences. And um, this is a scene from a family room in Annapolis and not from an Italian restaurant, which would be <laughs> better. Uh, joining us today are our, uh, our producer and the person who does the technical pushy buttons things that we don't know how to do, producer Sam. Hello, all. Yes. And our very special guest, introduce yourself. I'm kind of fangirling right now. Hi, I'm Geraldine DeReuter. Um, I'm an author. I'm a blogger out of Seattle. I'm the voice behind the Everywhere's blog, uh, which has won a James Beard Award for okay. journalism. Uh, I've written a book called All Over the Place, Adventures in Travel, True Love, and Petty Theft, which came out in 2017. And my new book, which is called If You Can't Take the Heat, Tales of Food, Fury, and Feminism, is coming out in March of next year. Yeah. That's amazing. And I have to say, before we get into the subject that we're talking about, I just want to say to you that I love that there was a moment when the pandemic started that I was reading anything involving people leaving their homes, <laughs> truly. And so Geraldine's work really spoke to me because she was going to places, experiencing things in a really funny, realistic way that I couldn't imagine because I wasn't even going to the grocery store. So <laughs> she was having weird exotic meals and doing these things and trying these things. And it was so wonderful because it was done with such a sense of adventure, adventuresome, adventureness, adventure, was it adventurousness? I can't speak, but also grace and just a, a really understanding of I'm trying to get you guys to understand what I'm going through. So I just, I admire that such a skill as a writer. So thank you for that. Thank you. And to be clear, I wasn't going anywhere either. It was like <laughs> the years prior. I was in Seattle. We were on extreme lockdown. Like nothing was going on here. But <laughs> it worked, though. Yeah. It just yeah. I was like, what is she doing? This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. you. Know, I, I was just talking to our mother. Um, Leslie and I share a mother. And I, I was talking yeah. to you, exactly <laughs> for, for people who are listening. What um, if you didn't? What? No. But yes, we, I was just talking to my mom though about vacations. And one of the best vacations that my husband and I have taken was in 2020. We went to a um resort here in Maryland that also has a casino we were not going to the casino yeah uh, and the but but it was really it was a, a near it's near national park it's called Rocky Gap um but it was just really kind of like cool chill thing yeah. where you didn't have to talk to people and that, and mm. people didn't expect you to talk to them and it was really the best vacation because we spent so much time outside and we hiked and we drank and ate on outdoor sure. you know patios but it was it was the it was the best of times and the worst of times but it was yeah. a really kind of good time to be away from people but sort of near them but waving at them from six feet yeah excellent so, i was just gonna say so we'll tile this back into the the theme of today's episode is a is a an artist who I think honestly does a really good job of both 
segue of both um, making everyday moments really understandable, but also can take you places. He can take you to to Vietnam and, you know, he can take you to uh, a fishing boat. He can take you to all of these beautiful places. He can take you to uh, a New York Italian restaurant and he yes. paints these pictures in such a beautiful way. So, uh, Geraldine, who are we talking about today? We are talking about uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. William Joel. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't know, by the way, that this is a, a subject that Lynn had proposed. We had a week where we didn't have a guest. She's like, I'm just going to do Billy Joel. And I was like, okay. And then you went through, we were like, yes, let's make this happen. Cause it's, it's, it's better when it's more people, but tell me why you think people think Billy Joel is cheesy and why he might not be. Oh, I, I do think, he, I mean, I do think he is cheesy, actually. This is going to, I mean, that's kind of the twist. Why do people think he is? Um, I, I think that this is a man who kind of doesn't try to embrace being cool. Yep. It's almost like he has seen where he ranks on the social hierarchy <laughs> and it is very much on the echelon of dorks right yeah like this yes. guy is what happens when band nerds grow up and i say that affectionately right yep. like you know and there's i don't know why there's always the comparison to like people always bring up springsteen when they bring up billy joel which is uh. very funny to me um <laughs> and i will say and i heard you groan but i will say this like i would die for bruce springsteen like and i, would I love him but it's oh, just I, a different oh thing. there's there is no question like bruce springsteen is like Jersey cool and sex personified, right? Oh. Springsteen is 73. And I told oh my, my husband, if the opportunity presented itself, like, I'm, I'm like, I'm not talking to you. Like, I, I would risk it all. For oh, absolutely. absolutely. Risk it all. I would I ruin care. my life. I would ruin my life for that man. Absolutely. I don't know. Yeah. And, and he can do three hour concerts. He did. I just saw I just saw him and he did, oh. he did three hours and he's almost 74. He's 74 on September 23rd. You know, whose birthday? I don't know. You know who I would not let ruin my life? Billy Joel. <laughs> I would not let Billy Joel ruin my life. Do you know who I don't want to see in tight jeans for three hours? Billy Joel. But the thing is, I would absolutely go to a Billy Joel concert and see him like, on that piano just yes do it not even rocking out but just geeking out he's a geek and it's three hours so the, i, yeah, I told geraldine that right before this broadcast or before we recorded it i she put something on twitter while she was doing our podcast so i found a video right before the world shut down from 2020 like early january my friend lauren and i went to the hard rock uh, casino in Hollywood, Florida to see Billy Joel. And I was covering it for the Palm Beach Post. And we're like, we don't even know how we got these tickets. So we're like, woo! so there's a video and I'm a pretty good singer, but the first couple notes of this are terrible. I'm in a different key. I'm singing. I go to extremes. This is my favorite Billy Joel song. And, I, and I'm wearing these great earrings. I think I lost that night. Um, 
Oh, it's terrible. And so I'm singing and I'm so happy. You can kind of hear him because he's a better singer than me in the background. And it just, it encapsulates that moment is that I am just a dork enjoying a door. I'm just a girl standing in front of a dork wanting to be dorky. And with all these thousands of other people who were there to scream it out, to scream his lyrics out. And I think that it, we, what we say on the show all the time is that things that people think are cheesy are also things that are sincere, that are, yes. as you said, without worry about if it's cool, without yeah. a, um, an under, without caring if this makes them look good. And I think that yeah. what I love about his stuff is that he is sincere when he's like embodying the person in Uptown Girl, the downtown guy, whoever it is. Oh my he, God, I love that video. Sorry. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best video. Well, and it's funny too that you were talking about him sort of embodying the nerd. His whole thing was, how did I get this woman? Right. Yes. Uh, when he was when he was married to Christy Brinkley, he played on that yeah. thing of like, this should not really be happening. Right. But it but it but it happened. And I love that about him. A Billy Joel story. So my son is 11 uh <laughs> and when he, he was little we listened to a lot of billy joel in the car and um my son is a drummer um and he started playing really early but what's so funny is when my son was like five he wanted me to find billy joel um to have him come teach him music and i was like so do you do you know where he lives oh do you, do you think we could get his number and you remember that he him? called me that he called me and yes. asked you if you knew billy and joel. Oh, I, knew I billy thought joel. billy joel called you for a second i was like hold no, the phone why are we talking wish. about this now why didn't this start with that <laughs> right no the baby <clears throat> called me and he was like um what's so funny is i lived for a long time in west palm beach florida and billy joel would like show up to restaurants that had pianos and just play the piano that's dumb. I hate it. And, I and people, and I was hell. never, I was never there. And there we go. Billy Joe was here. Let's say it's like, you asked why didn't you call me? It's like, I hate uh, that. He me. would just it's walk into a place and they would go, oh, of course, yeah. Billy Joel, multi Grammy winner person who sells out Madison Square Garden just because he goes, I'm going to be here tomorrow. They go, great. And he was just playing the piano and people left him alone, you know? Um, and I, once again, it's the dorkiness. A, he's, he's stunting because he knows he's billy joel he can do it yeah. but also it's a my love of a beautiful instrument that i can just sit down and start playing is amazing so geraldine when did you first become aware of mr william joel oh i was very young i mean i i think i think it might have been the uptown girl video when did that come out? Is that 84? 84. 83? 83, 84. Something 83, like that. 84. So I was born in 80. I was born oh. at the end. Yeah. So I'm about to turn 43. Um, thank you. Um, and uh, my I had older cousins. And so MTV started in 1980. And so my cousins who are 11 and 17 years older than me um so you mm. know big like family duplex so I would go upstairs because oh. my mom had school or work so I'd go upstairs my aunt would watch me my cousins had the tv on so I was watching music videos that I probably shouldn't have been at like <laughs> three and four years old uh 
And, you know, there's a couple of videos that really stuck with me and definitely the Uptown Girl video stuck with me because there's the, like dancing and he's working in that in the coveralls. Yes. And it's such a cat. God, it's such a goddamn catchy song. It's so catchy. It just my son, mm-hmm. I would be in the car going. it's like what is this it's like and you got to do the whole thing you got to do the whole thing and follow it through and that's just the exuberance at the end i think we're we're about 10 years older than you so i know for me my first i think was the um the glass houses album you know which is very on i need to look up what's on glass houses you may be right yes oh god which is yes which is a great song and it was just, I just remember watching this uh, and pressure. I remember watching that somewhere on TV as a kid and going, I don't know what any of these words mean, but there was something. First of all, his voice was so beautiful and melodic. And, but it was this very menacing song. Um, They used to call me paranoid. I'm like, what is this song? And I just got so, because there was something so, um, dissonant between the the beauty of the music he was playing and the words that he was saying and as a drama queen even at like nine or ten <laughs> i was like this is this is trouble please introduce it to me yeah. um it yeah i was terrible lynn knew me then she knows it was terrible but, yeah i met you that was probably was you may be right probably or maybe earlier because so there was a show um in the early 80s called Bosom Buddies. Which oh, was, yeah, no, right. I remember Bosom Buddies. This is how Tom Hanks started exactly. his career. Yeah. And that and was the theme song was You May Be Right. Was it really? Oh, because, no, I'm lying. I'm lying. It was my life. I'm lying. It was my okay, life. Because but Dave Barry had a TV show later that, in the, yes, in the 90s. Right. Yes. And that had the theme song oh, to You May with, Be Right. With Harry Anderson. Yes. God and rest his soul. Oh, may I say soul. that Dave Barry, who I've had lunch with exactly twice, who never remembers me, but is always nice to me when he meets me. Um, <laughs> I basically ripped off his cadence as a columnist when I was a little baby reporter at the Diamondback at the University of Maryland. So I didn't know how to write. So I just like, I'll just rip him off. Like, Rosie we all do it. Yeah, we I ripped off Seinfeld. Yeah. I ripped off Dane Barry. And I said, I ripped you off. He goes, where's my check? And it was the best comment ever, <laughs> ever. He's like, and where are my royalties? Um, But I just, the thing about Billy Joel is Billy Joel is the kind of guy that he really was good looking. I mean, he had this kind of smoky he had nice eyes, beautiful oh, yeah. eyes, yeah. very soulful, great hair. Him up now, but he was not Harrison Ford. He was not Robert Redford. He mm. was not a like cookie cutter waspy dude. And shout out to the cookie cutter waspy dudes; they're cute too. But um, Billy Joel exuded an underdog thing, where he knows that you know maybe later that he's still more talented than a lot of those guys. He's still he's got. He was he he said that he was a classical musician, yeah, who played rock and roll, and that he was able to be famous. But what he really loved was composing. What he really loved was classical music and playing the, the piano and doing all this stuff. So at the beginning, even of it, he's this you know study in extremes, haha, going to extremes because <laughs> he's got he's this person who understands that he can be both. He can be famous and date models 
and like look hot and and covers but he's also doing the thing that feeds his soul which is playing the piano yeah and what he has is you know he does have he's so musical theater to me right like you talk about like the composer element and completely right like he's so musical theater and what he reminds me of is the the band nerd who got cast in the high school play as the cool kid and all of a sudden people start noticing him and you're like oh I never I never saw I never saw you that way right and girls are like what what's what's going on now wait um and so I think you're right I think he exists in that kind of duality and what I love about Billy Joel is because there is this inherent just abject dorkiness about him (laughs) there's so much gatekeeping around music like there's so much gatekeeping right it's terrible oh it's the worst um there is no barrier to entry with Billy Joel if no. you say I like Billy Joel, nobody's gonna be like, "Well, prove it." And they're just gonna be like, okay. "They're just gonna be like, okay, that's cool, that's fine." They might be a little judgy, but deep down, they're like, "No, okay, Billy Joel's got some bangers." Well, you know, they won't so- admit it, but he does. I was gonna say, what's so funny is I, I remember 1996 being at a, a bookstore. Leslie, it was me and you, and Leslie's one of her best friends, Jason. We were at okay. a bookstore Where? and they had a book about, so this is mid nineties about the worst artist of the eighties and Billy Joel was ranked number one. And I remember thinking, <sighs> who did they talk to? Because yes. I like, we talked about this last week on the show. We've, we've liked unquote, uncle quote, I said that wrong, uncool things forever Ever. And it never it never occurred to me that anybody yes. would think he was anything but a god and right. and reading that was like oh people do think this and they're wrong um but that was so wild to me that anybody thought that but again because I was uncool and I was actually if you remember it Leslie I was actually in the middle of an audition of an open call for Les Mis yes about musical theater nerds so i was in my musical theater nerdiness i was on i was in between i'd gone earlier and then got called to come back and it went no further but all that to say i was already in this web of like things that people think are uncool so it never occurred to me that anybody thought that billy joel was not cool wait and what is cool really what cool is like okay cool to me is like a thing that is safe to say it's cool it's like the the markers we have of cool it's accepted good lookingness it's something that is new or at least new to you it's a thing that is brusque and not sincere necessarily or at least if it's sincere it's being ironic about its sincerity and you don't know what part you're going into uh, Geraldine when you were talking about gatekeeping I just and like I said we're older than you but I always think and Sam you can relate to this of things like people like U2 or REM or Jay-Z or Run DMC or people that like there was a before their pop stardom or their mainstreamness and after 
and the gatekeeperness, you you would say, I like REM. They go, what album did you buy? Right. You know, was it Murmur or was it Green? You know, because right. you can't be both. You got to be one. And that this like idea that we found this thing before you found it and that makes us whatever. And I think you're right that there is with Billy Joel is such an accessibility mm-hmm. to him because his emotions are so clear and pure. Um, like, and I'm going to be a little overclimped here. So when, um, I did I, when Lullaby Goodnight My Angel came out, we were in our early 20s and we had said we were far from getting married. We had said maybe one day my father loved Billy Joel. We'll, we'll do this and my dad was sick when i got married um and i said do you want goodbye goodbye my angel for our first dance he said nope because it was too much <laughs> it was it was like no thank you no i'm gonna die songs not today satan and so we did you raised me up by josh groban and like everyone cried and we were like we forget the words this is very funny i wanted to do backstabbers by the Ashley brothers i want to be like oj's OJ's pardon me I want to like dance and people was like that nobody's gonna get it it's weird but all that to say <laughs> that um his songs are unafraid he is unafraid as a songwriter to just hit you there and there's not eight layers of irony or exposition he just like <laughs> I'm a step like we counted they counted the rotors and waited for us to arrive <laughs> which to me is the most devastating lyric uh, from Good Night Saigon. I heard that at 13 and was like the horror of it, the horror of what that meant. Yeah. About the Vietnam experience. And to, I listened to it like three or four times to go, Am I actually hearing this? Is this what I'm, this is what he's talking about? Cause the, just the, the dread of it. And then it goes back, we would all go down together. And that instantly means more than it did the first three times he said it. And the power of this man to just write it. He just wrote it. He just, it just, he didn't have to be draped in eight layers of irony or exposition to say, and then they died. And it was just, ugh. Mm. Well, you know, you talk about the nature of coolness, right? You, you know, what is, what does it mean to be cool? And like, I think about the people in my life who I regard as cool. And I think that, you know, being comfortable in your own skin is such a huge component of that, right? To just be at peace with yourself. And, you know, I I don't know if he's a good person. Like he's been, sounds like he's a nightmare to be married to. Dude. And, and he is an absolute menace on the road. <laughs> he should not be driving. <laughs> true but in terms of being at peace with himself he absolutely is and there is an inherent like that's cool when somebody's like yeah whatever i'm dark what of it i'm cool with that like you're like oh oh shit that's cool sorry it is cool no you can cut and and what i'll say is (laughs) to me i think all our women were young and so much of what we think of as young is what we think of as cool in a way but then we look at someone like you know the recently late vivian westwood and we go she was cool because she remained vivian westward her entire life yeah. we look at helen mirren and we go or or gracie jones and yeah. or you know diane carroll the recently late diane carroll and we go that's a cool person because they've remained who they are 
<laughs> with that. And they didn't, you know, there's a, this is a slight tangent, but so yesterday, I think, and this will be last week when this airs, uh, Meg Ryan released the um, very dorky, very wonderful, can't wait to see it trailer for a movie that she has directed with David Duchovny. And it yeah. says from the star great. of when Harry met Sally sleeps in Seattle, all these things. It's like, this is Meg Ryan. And people go, Oh, look at her face. She's at plastic surgery. I go, first of all, not your business. Second right. of all, she looks like Meg Ryan to me. And yeah. she's like, she's gone back to the well of what she does well, but this time she's in charge. This time she's in charge. It's like a movie. Um, But she's got this, I don't think she cares if people think it's cool or if she's like, she's not like trying to do an Oscar movie and she might yeah. again, but it's like, she's like, I'm really good at this. I'm really right. good at That's right. this, this person, being this person and being this person at 5660, who is meeting a, a, a former love in an airport. Now we can all, is it, basically the plot is she and her ex lover are stranded in the same airport. Cause everyone's stranded in airports at this point and they spend their time you know walking around talking and rekindling a thing and it's so relatable and it's beautiful and i love that she was like i'm gonna do what i know i'm gonna right. do what i know that you know and it was just so yes it's cheesy but it's beautiful because it's real right and, and you talked about the sort of like the accessibility we um last week did um or two weeks ago talked about game shows and we talked about how the best game show hosts make you feel like you at home watching could come on the show and win even if you couldn't it's that idea of that familiarity and you, billy joel um makes you feel like you would hope that if you ran into him yeah. and started singing his music, like if I felt if I had found him when my son was four or five <laughs> and asked if he could um, teach my son music, of course he probably wouldn't come, but that he would think that it was funny and that he'd be honored. Thank you. I think he would. I think he would. That he would be honored. There was a video, uh, actually several videos a couple years ago of, um, it was a concert that Billy Joel did <clears throat> And there was a music student, like a music grad student in the audience. And he came up, he let him come yeah. up and play for him. And yeah. it was amazing, but also juxtaposed to juxtapose. Is that a word? Yes. Yes. At, yeah. With, <laughs> yeah. I was like, am I making that yeah, up? Yeah, no, it's totally, that's like a, that's like a super good crossword <laughs> word. Come on. It, felt word, very, it felt very weird in my head. J-U-X, yes. But last year, when he was at Madison Square Garden, Olivia Rodrigo yes, with him and they did one of her songs, but then they did Uptown Girl. And it was the cutest it was so thing cute. ever. But the fact that she wasn't even remotely thought of when that song came nope. out. What is she? Is she 20? She may be 20. Yeah, she's, super she, young, she's right? really young. Yeah, she's real young. But it was the cutest thing. But you could tell that she appreciated the moment. Yes. And that she appreciated being up there with, with and Billy Joel. she knew that song, and that song meant something to her. It's just it's so funny. I talk about the gatekeeperness. I I will admit this. Any Miley Cyrus, um, or Ariana Grande song fans listening, I was talking to someone once, and I mentioned my favorite song, which is "Don't Dream It's Over" by Crowded House, which is a million years old, but whatever. Great song. And, and someone said, "That's not a Miley Cyrus song." Oh, did she cover it? 
Yeah, she did. She and Ariana had this live thing where they're literally the most ridiculous thing. They're wearing like these like animal pajamas. You know what I'm talking about, Lynn? You see yeah, that video? They're yeah, wearing yeah, like yeah. with the ears and and they sound great. They sure. do. But I hated every minute of it because <laughs> I'm just I'm salty that way. And I was like, whatever. So and it sounded great. I admit that. So someone goes, I thought that was an Ariana Grande song. I thought oh, that was no. a Miley Cyrus song. I was like. I have to leave and walk around the block and come back. Right, no. right. Because, because you just a... feel the weight of time crushing all your organs. Yeah. Yeah. All of them, like, just squeezing out. And here's the thing. I know that Miley Cyrus, even though she's not my favorite artist, I know that Miley Cyrus would, if you said that to her, she'd go, absolutely not. Written by Neil Finn. It's, I mean, she's, like, she's a yeah. student of that. So I know and that she, she would. she can sing. Like, oh, my God, oh, can yeah. she sing? It just. Yeah. There were moments Heck where she yeah. irritated me, but then she would like open up. I, I sat yeah. with my niece. Uh, we'd taken her back in the dark ages uh, to uh, we. She'd gone to a Ravens game to watch it with us in West Palm Beach. We were watching a Ravens game and I took her to get gas and came back. And she says to me, so I want to play you something. I go, what? And she puts that album, the album with Wrecking Ball on. And we just sit in the, in the car and listen to it. And I was just stunned by how good it was. I was just, I couldn't say anything. And I was crying because I was like, thank you. Then I'm going to say 16 year old niece for telling me for, for insisting that I, I give this a shot because in my gatekeeperiness, I mean, and I'm a, I've been a music critic and a movie critic and all kinds of critic. And now I just sort of like criticize everything, but um, I, <laughs> it's true. Um, you can lose that joy. And I think that's part of what's happened when people label like the book, like you were talking about, Lynn label someone like Billy Joel, the worst artist is because we're allergic to fun. We're allergic to sincerity. We think that good things have to be untouchable <laughs> things that are worthy of awards and stuff like that have to be ironic, ironic or, or closed or cold in some way. And I think that Billy Joel, like Geraldine said, it's like, I'm a dork, you're a dork, let's all be dorky together and sing some songs. Okay, no, now I have, I'm sorry, now I have I'm a Dude from um, Good Burger in my yes. head. Do you know that song? I'm so sorry. You know I Good Burger? Know, I know Good Burger. It's uh, Keenan and Cal. Cal. Yeah. yeah. And they had us yeah. when the movie came out in the 90s. They had Who are song. like in their mid 40s now. Yes. Can we oh, talk ridiculous. about that? They are grown men. There's a new grown one. Men. There's a movie coming out. They have an. A, a, oh, yeah, they do. They've, they've, they're, they're redoing it. And I believe that Keenan Thomas is i could be wrong he is the longest continuous yes. snl cast he member is. is that correct he which is, is shocking yeah. in many ways. and it's so funny because people used to sleep on on keenan and now they can't because of the longevity because you know lauren michaels isn't gonna have anybody around that he's not making him money yeah. lauren will like cut you in a heartbeat so it's like i thought i was doing well well you're not you're fired so yeah. the fact that keenan continues to be around and he just he's another one we should we could do a whole keenan thompson oh, episode about the joy he does the cheesiest stupidest things but there's a joy that he has that he's him. there that he's yeah. funny like that whole sticky did there was a um sketch he used to do what's up with that Oh, wait, was this the one where he was like the host yes. of a show? And he was like, 
he he would like yell at his co-host right yes and he would talk over them and he'd yeah. start singing yeah and, and, and there was always bill Hader playing Lindsay buckingham and they never quite got to him and he would go so sorry Lindsay buckingham next time and then Lindsay buckingham actually showed up which was just it was inevitable it had to happen but it was just like the joy and there was like um jason sudeikis doing the running man in adidas tracksuit yeah yeah and what what this okay what this comes down to and what this reminds me of and somebody said this about will ferrell when he does sketches and they said he never thinks that he is too good for the sketch yeah he never thinks that he is and they're like when he does it he's like he is committing 100 percent. and you look at like the cowbell sketch you look at like the robert goulet sketch you look at all of the (laughs) sketches that shouldn't have worked and because he was like i am not too good for this even as his star was like rising he was like absolutely not i'm committing to this like to what an insane degree and that was why it worked and i think that when we talk about all of this cheesiness right none of these artists and i'm looking at like ryan gosling's performance in the in the barbie barbie yeah he he could have phoned that in but at no point did he think i am too good for this right and i look at billy joel and like at no point does he think i am too good for this at no point and also he knows that maybe there are people who think they're too good for him but he's singing for everybody yeah he's singing for everyone and that like you said the entry point to billy joel is just having ears and Ah. Mm -hmm. you know and you find it where you find it i mean both of us lynn and i are both in our early 50s and have kids okay that makes me angry (laughs) Do I need better lighting or better jeans? What is my angle wrong? What am I? Okay. Oh wait. No, No, this is good. I'm just gonna hold. Okay. Keep talking. I'm just gonna hold my. No. Keep. Oh wait. You can see my messy (laughs) office. Okay. Good. We found the right angle. Just keep going. I'm literally sitting on like a floor pillow in front of my closet. That's not making Um, me feel better. Yes. What? What what a decided flex that was. No, I'm saying is like she's like I'm I'm just this beautiful on the ground. I won't talk no. about. No, it's just wearing effortless. My late husband's Callahan Auto Parts T-shirt from um from Tommy Boy. It's um, working. It's, it's working. It's, it's a thing. But also, sidebar: Can I just say, I love that you keep his memory alive, and oh, I am so sorry you. for your loss. Thank I know you. it was a while ago, but I've been meaning to tell you that. Oh my gosh, thank you. I just—it's so funny. I, I at some point a therapist will talk me through this, but I still have. He never lived here. He uh, this is three houses after him, and there's still clothes like in part of my closet because I can't figure out what to do with them. I've given away all the Raven jerseys that I can, oh. Sam. The next time I see, him, I'm going to give you some. And there's some stuff, and I wear some of like I wear this T-shirt. I wear some stuff, and some of the like I don't know what to do. Like, am I being haunted? Will I will something <laughs> blow up if I give it away? I don't know. But um, when he was around he would we had a huge closet in our bedroom and the top shelf was all him and the bottom shelf was half him he also had the closet in the baby's room and i had one half and he would say oh leslie what were we gonna do with your clothes (laughs) what are we gonna do and he was they're out of control and i was like (laughs) 
everything the guest room too everything is you but all i have to say is that i love thank you so much for saying that and also he would have loved this podcast he would have insisted on being a guest every week because he was cheesy he literally the inscription on his grave his uh, headstone is a dusty roads quote i've oh. dined with kings and queens and i've dined in an alley eating pork and beans which is also it's indicative of i can be anyone anywhere at any time i have no you know gumption about being fancy but also that he was just a kind of can i say this line is kind of an asshole in a great way yeah. you know he was and so am i and that's why i put that on this thing and the people at the they're trying to be nice about it they're at this you know home going what and i wrote it out for them i go here <laughs> and they go what i go here's your check <laughs> put this on the headstone and his cousins were like that's hysterical and the the poor dudes at the jewish cemetery are like what is she doing well you put pork on it that's probably <laughs> part of the problem <laughs> but my jewish husband said to do it so it was what it was um can i we, love this go ahead lynn can we quickly talk about if you can remember them i i know you gotta wrap up soon our favorite billy joel songs if there's what? such a thing oh gosh like and you don't know, because sometimes we yeah. ask for lists, but I didn't even feel like doing it. So um ah, of, of writing them down. But if you can think of can I start can yeah. I start with with the with the elephant in the room that nobody's mentioned, which is one of the greatest songs ever written, which is Piano oh, no. Man. <laughs> <laughs> which my mom used to play uh, my mom was a pianist and an organist at church, and she would roll that out. When she was rehearsing at church, just to sort of warm her fingers up, she was she was a massive fan of like and his root beer rag is another one my mom loved to play. Um, so I got introduced to his musicality early on in my life. That's so um, cool. And, 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 and that means my my experience of Billy Joel is vastly different from what you're describing. Because oh, uh, wow. like the first song I remember learning the words to was Captain Jack, which is a uh, horrifyingly sarcastic <laughs> and mean song oh no we construct it but it sounds so pop and chipper yeah that, that, wow. that was so many of his songs i mean like 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 big shot i mean if you listen to the oh, words big, big shot hilarious. it's like you're an idiot and you're high the and... sneer it's a it's a three minute long sneer it's like when he goes you had to be a big shot i mean he just like i'm, yeah. I'm not even going to pretend that i don't disdain you from the highest disdaining point of disdain i just hate you so and there's and, a, and yeah there's an, there's an old saturday night live skit um at tom hanks so in the yeah. 80s hosted about the drunken idiots how they would sing songs that nobody knew the words to, but just like the chorus. So it was like, dip, dip, dip. but you have to be a big shot. Yeah, because that's all they knew. Yes. And it's true. I, I just, I, very quickly, because I, I do have to go, but my child needs to be picked up from school at some point, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Um, But um, I mentioned, I go to extremes um well the is still young oh good song. yeah um good night saigon just because i like hurting myself with with the pain um and i i used to say always a woman but now i kind of see oh, how God. like sexist it is but whatever it is what it is it was a moment it was a moment and um 
I'm going to say for the long, the longest time, just because it's so much fun to sing. It's so much fun. And the fact that I guess you guys know, if you're not Billy Joel dorks, that he recorded that every on the recording, every one of those harmony parts is him. Yeah. So when he went on tour, he had to teach his band the song because they had not sung it because he sang it. So every it's for almost it's 40 years now that he's been teaching iterations. Some of his band has been around forever, but the parts of that song, because it was this crazy, ambitious thing that he um, constructed. It's really great. Geraldine, what are yours? And that's it's, awesome. You know, uh, first of all, uh, amazing choices. And, and one of my favorite takes on Piano Man is somebody saying, wow, I bet when the people in that bar knew that Billy Joel was writing a song about them. They didn't think it was going to be him roasting all of them. Um, but uh, here, here's what I love about Billy Joel is that I can tell you the songs that I love about him. And I'm not, I'm not second guessing myself and thinking, oh man, I need to pick something cool. If we were talking about Springsteen, I'd be like, okay, pick a cool answer. So they like, don't think you're a dork, like pick Thunder Road or like pick something good. No, I can go straight for abject dorkiness so i i'm going to say uptown girl i don't care Aww. and like that's so like his songs are problematically a little bit sexist i don't care i love that song i'm the like it, it's so good anytime anyone sings it i'm like yes yeah, it's, it's so good and for the long and honestly for the longest time is one of my favorites uh -huh. it's so beautiful and like so rom it's so deeply romantic um and i'm with you leslie on always a woman like problematic yeah um but oh you know what it, it's like, like we look at art look at art in the context of which it was written and we understand that maybe uh, you know as women listening to this song maybe we are not doing active damage to ourselves when we are listening to this song so it's you yeah. know it's probably okay it's probably it's, it's just the whole thing of like okay. it's like the whole like i think of her it's like the whole manic pixie dream girl thing it's yeah. like she's right. an archetype she's mm, a thing sure. she's not actually but she's always a woman i had a a English teacher and saw our sophomore year who actually taught that lyric to us. She said, bring in a lyric that you like that could be poetry. And she was like, no notes. I was like, this. She goes, no notes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um so anyway, mine are, mine are um keeping the faith. <clears throat> good. Um and um probably good night, my angel is one of them. Mm -hmm. And um uh uptown girl, I have many but scenes from an Italian restaurant is my so beautiful. It's my favorite. There's it's an opera. It's right, a it's a whole story of this lifetime of these people that could have been twenty years or three years, depending yeah, it's, on. Yes, it's, it's there's nothing like it. There's nothing like there's nothing that. like it. There's nothing like that song, and that's my absolute ultimate favorite. Oh, okay. So Leslie has to go pick my nephew up from the. <laughs> place because they frown on that when you don't they don't want um, you to leave them there they They're don't like, they won't want you to leave oh my god new york state of mind great song yeah. oh, oh, oh. Get that. so good and so good no everyone's favorite punching bag we didn't start the fire it's a good song <laughs> deal with it. okay okay i want to say quickly before i leave and then we'll wrap up sam's wife nikki when we were in college once called me <laughs> she was on a different floor at the, our dorm 
in the University of Maryland. And she called me and sang the entire song. And every time the recording cut her off, she would hang up and call back. Oh my God, I respect it so it much. It was the best. And she would go, da 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 da, beep. <laughs> Hello, da 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 And call back. And I was like, you are a freaking fool. But the, the, the commitment, the commitment to singing that entire song on my answering machine no. was just the, and I, and I was like this idiot, but I loved it so much. I could not, I was crying. It was literal tears. No, I never I, would have deleted it. No, if oh I had God. heard, no, if I had heard that, I would have given Sam a run for his money. I'd have been like, nope, I'm marrying her. You know, it's like, seriously, it's like, I'm sorry. She's mine now. She's mine. Anyway. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to wrap up as Leslie has to go pick up said Oops. nephew. Um, but Geraldine, this was a who, any other, um, any thoughts on uh, more shots on Billy Joel before we ask you to plug yourself shamelessly? <laughs> no, I mean, I just, I, I think that he falls into the category and kind of like your show covers things which fall into the category of, um, and I think Dave Grawl said this, um, which is there, there are no guilty pleasures yeah like just like what you like right and and do so unabashedly um even if it even if it feels ridiculous and like i'm kind of trying to get there i'm trying to get there i'm like oh this is this is kind of bad but also i really like it and so like I don't know when we talk about Billy Joel being the worst artist. Well, but if you enjoy him, doesn't that change the definition? Like, what is the oh, definition yeah. of a good artist? So, yeah, I think I, I think I would say like what you like. I love it, Sam. Were yeah. you going to say something? I said you had your yeah. hand up. I was. I was I'm going to. I'm going to throw in a, a, another list because I totally understand where the where the the overlap in uh bruce springsteen and billy joel and um uh there's a couple other similar size and shape of artists but like john bon jovi is kind of is almost in there, that in whole there. jersey yeah. shore but <laughs> it's it's so so the list is um um the down Easter alexa <laughs> allentown um <clears throat> uh new york state of mind these are all He's not playing. He's just singing out the protest songs and just love for Jersey and New York. Mm -hmm. I've seen Billy Joel three times, once in an arena, once in a, a what I think could safely be called a dive bar in Long Island. Wow. And then once um, at, uh, I think at Merriweather in Baltimore. And it's it was like three different singers. It was unrelated concerts. Mm. And the one in New York, was a, a Jersey boy made good and just happy. Yeah. That was like, that was like, I'm pretty sure that was just Billy Joel sh essentially showing up to a bar and doing it, although it was significantly bigger than a bar. Um, but then the, 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 the one in, um, it had to have been Meriwether was, was a pop, you know, a pop thing. Right. Um, and then so was the one in, and I cannot for the life of me remember what he was part of something in must have been the early to mid 90s but it was a stadium show and he was part of it and it was was it, was it him and, was it him was it him and elton john it may well have been because i saw that tour in the stadium Ugh. yeah it, it, in fact it probably was i've only seen i've seen elton john once and i can't think when else i would have done it it's, it's like i've seen metallica five times i don't care for metallica but they keep showing up with things i love 
I don't mind Metallica, but I wouldn't spend money to see Metallica by themselves. But, <laughs> but, but so Billy Joel, I'm utterly on board with the Springsteen Billy Joel equivalency. Not all the time, not everything. Um, but but <laughs> I like I had to address that. I'm like I see fair. it. Fair. I mean, I kind I kind of see it. Uh, I if I hadn't seen them, see if it. I hadn't seen them both live, I don't know that I would. From their public body of work, I don't know that I would have said it, but having seen them perform to a Jersey, New York audience, both of them, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I what I think is interesting is that people place them in opposition. Yes. To one another. And I think that is really strange because people don't place Springsteen and bon, John Bon Jovi in opposition to one another. And that gonna... seems to be, that would, do they? Oh, yeah. Really, I feel like there is room in my heart for both. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I spent a lot of time in New York and New Jersey in my misspent youth. So that would probably the hometown crowd probably gets a little more uh, invested in the uh, in the contest in the in that <laughs> I guess like, yeah. And I guess this is coming from like a Seattle perspective where we're like, no, you can like there's no Nirvana versus Pearl Jam fight. I mean, it's kind you kind of not really though. Right. People are like, yeah, you can like both. They both contributed to the musical landscape of our town. Like, yeah, yeah there's no fight here. So, no. but we're also passive out here on the East Coast or on the West Coast because we <laughs> we legalized. That's weed. not a Jersey we thing. Legal, <laughs> we legalized weed real early, yeah. and it rains nine months out of the year so we're not fighting anybody it's too it's too tiring why oh god no why? absolutely not we're why not so geraldine where can we find you what do you want to plug what should we get of yours <laughs> where can you find me um you know i was very active on the platform formerly known as twitter under the handle mm -hmm. everywhereist which is everywhere ist i have been spending less time there because it's a tire fire um but you can find me at www.everywhereist.com so everywhereist.com um that's my website that's my blog uh i have my old book which is available i shouldn't call it my old book my memoir <laughs> um which is available at all fine booksellers actually probably not you probably have to special order it if you go <laughs> um, that's still available but it is still available. You can order it online. Uh, you can order it from Barnes and Noble or Amazon. Um, and then my new book uh, should be coming uh, available for pre-order in like, you know, you might be able to pre-order it now uh, if you look it up and it's called If You Can't Take the Heat. Um, you can also find me on all the social media. I'm on Threads. I'm on Blue Sky. Um, yeah, just where where all fine social media are found, you can find me. <laughs> I'm basically on everything. I think I'm the everywhereist on Threads. I'm more active there these days. I'm even on Mastodon, which no one is. Um, yeah, that's so. awesome. Yeah, come find me. I will. Yeah, we'll will. talk. Well, this was a hoot. And this I was have. so much fun. Actually, yeah. it was several hoots. We'll, oh. give it, we'll put in the other half. It was several hoots. Thank you, Geraldine. Thank you. Thank you, Sam. Thank um, you. Um, Leslie, thank you. Thanks for picking up that kid. And um, <laughs> as, as Leslie usually says, keep it easy, keep it breezy, keep it cheesy. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, Bye. y'all.